Greetings, ladies. I'm excited to gather with you again as we look into chapter 9 of the Godly Woman Bible Study, titled The Shunammite Woman. Remember the symbolism of the bicycle? The frame of our bicycle represents our becoming a child of God through faith in Jesus Christ. The back wheel illustrates the basics of our Christian life in balance. With Christ as our focal hub, we can enjoy our relationship with God through the vertical spokes of prayer and getting His Word into our life. The horizontal spokes represent our relationship with people through fellowship and in witnessing. Our lives lived in heartfelt obedience to Christ, cushion our ride in the world. That chain of grace provides power through the Holy Spirit to live our life through Him. As we transition to the front wheel, we have a refreshing change of pace. Firstly, we're going to do a Bible study on a woman who hasn't a name but lived a life so challenging that God included her story in the Bible. But first, let's hear from Irma's heart to yours. Irma says, My dear ladies, today we have the privilege of observing one of the great women of the Bible. We don't even know her name. She is only called the Shunammite woman. The Shunammite woman is one of my favorite ladies in the Bible. This story is an excellent portrayal of how a godly woman functions in her home, and it shows heartfelt responses to people, to joys, to sorrows, and to God. This woman is a very good subject for a character Bible study. I pray that by God's Spirit, you will become well acquainted with the Shunammite woman and the lessons we can learn from her life. Love, Irma. Yes, this chapter is different because we are doing a specific type of Bible study called a character study. I really love character studies. It gives you a chance to concentrate on one person as if you were conducting a private interview. God gives great insights to truths about their character and circumstances, their relationship with God, the strengths and weaknesses of the person you are studying. And of course, how can I apply these truths to my own life? One of the hardest places to live a godly life is in our own homes. Do you agree, ladies? In mine, just over the past two days, I've needed to ask my husband's forgiveness three times for something I said or did. If you have never worked through a character study before, chapter 9 gives specific instructions on the process. So I will let you read and follow the plan. Our text will be 2 Kings chapter 4, verses 8 through 37. Before we study the Shunammite woman, let's ask God to guide us and give us his insights. Let's pray. Dear Father, thank you for the beautiful account of the Shunammite woman in your word. Lord, she was a real woman 
who faced many challenges and deep pain in her life. But she turned to you. You became her rock, her fortress, and her refuge. Teach us, O Lord, to go to you when we hurt, when we are in need, and especially when life is confusing and painful. Would you open our eyes to the hidden truths of this amazing account of an ordinary woman who walked with God? In Jesus' name, amen. If you have your Bible, please turn to 2 Kings chapter 4. You can pause this video and read verses 8 to 37. Let's begin our study. Elisha was a man of God, and he had a divine encounter with the woman of Shunem. God knew the events of her life and all the things that would happen to her. Ladies, when circumstances happen that shake your world, where do you go for help? When loss and death or financial problems overtake you, do you lose your way, give in to anger or depression, or become what you feel? Does who you are change according to life's uninvited twist? In the midst of great loss, can you remain who you are in Christ and trust God to bring life out of loss? This is the true account of a woman who was acquainted with loss, pain, and grief, but in the midst of it, she refused to let her pain or loss become her identity, but chose God instead. Elisha did not know the woman of Shunem, but God did. And this encounter would enter the pages of the Bible for eternity. She was a prominent woman of Shunem and was given to hospitality. She had a gift of meeting people's needs and making them feel at home. She had spiritual insight and perceived Elisha to be a holy man, not outwardly, but in spirit. She encouraged him to stop by her home and eat when he was coming to her town. Since he continually made trips through her town, she had an idea. Notice, she was also submissive and respectful to her husband and shared her inspiration with him. She said, Please, let us make a little walled upper chamber and let us set a bed for him there and a table and a chair and a lampstand. And it shall be when he comes to us that he can turn in there. The Shunammite woman planned for nothing fancy but just the essentials because she wanted to serve the prophet and included her husband in that service. Elisha was grateful and asked his servant to inquire of the woman. What can I do for you? Would you be spoken for to the king or to the captain of the army? The Shunammite answered, I live among my own people. She was certainly humble and content. This statement that she lived among her people could suggest she was not walled off, distant, or separate from them. 
She actually knew her neighbors and the people of her town and associated with them in life. She was content and did not desire fame or special favors from the military. But her contentment was found in her relationship with God. 1 Timothy 6, chapter 6 says, But godliness with contentment is great gain. Do you ladies live among your people? Are you content in the Lord? Elisha's servant reminded Elisha, Truly, she has no son, and her husband is old. Ladies, watch this, because things get very interesting here. Elisha was excited and called her in to announce that she would have a son the same season next year, but her response was unexpected. She said, No, my Lord, O man of God, do not lie to your maidservant. Could it be that the deepest desire of her heart to be a mother was stirred up again? Perhaps she felt the pain of years of not having a son. The fountain of her emotional memory, her unfulfilled dreams, the reality of not having a son, and the fear of being alone in her old age rose within her and overflowed through her answer. We have no details of the waiting period on the prophecy, but verse 17 begins with, The woman conceived and bore a son at that season the next year, as Elisha had said to her. The boy was born and grew as prophesied by Elisha, but tragedy struck her again. The healing joy of his son was abruptly severed by his sudden death. This brought memories of the agonizing deep sense of loss and grief to her again. However, she knew what to do. Hebrews 4.16 says, Therefore, let us draw near with confidence to the throne of grace so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. She again asked her husband for a donkey to go to the man of God, Elisha, which was about 18 and a half miles one way. Even in deep pain and loss, She knew who she was and where to go for help. She had a relationship with God and a trust in Him. Elisha represented God, and her attitude was, It will be well. Her trust in God and in His prophet was deep, wholehearted, and steadfast. For her, this unwavering faith that God could raise her son through Elisha was pure and absolute giving her inner strength and faith. Listen to Psalm 91, verses 1 and 2. He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will abide in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say to the Lord, my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. God, through Elisha, did raise her son from the dead as recorded in 2 Kings 4, verse 37, and Hebrews eleven thirty-five, The Shunammite woman was an ordinary woman, like us. 
but she refused to make her loss or pain or even grief her identity. She went to her God and trusted him to bring life out of her loss. Ladies, it could be a similar story for you. Perhaps it's your health, loss of job, broken relationships, a difficult marriage, a wayward child, financial difficulties, or the barrenness of your own womb or Christian life. You are not your loss, ladies, pain or circumstances. They do not define who you are or dictate your life. Ladies, come to Jesus, fixing your eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. Then you can say, it will be well. Let us pray. Oh, Father, hear our solemn heart cry and know and take our pain, our losses, our grief and unfulfilled dreams. You are all we need. You are our contentment. And in you, we will be free to be who you have made us to be. Take us from loss to life and bring forth goodness out of the ashes we hold. Thank you, Lord Jesus. In your name, amen. Thank you, ladies, for this time. Until we gather again, may God richly bless you and keep you. Bye for now.